Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and you deserve it. So, has your sex life changed since you turned 50, 60, or even 70? Of course it has, but that doesn't mean it has to be ignored or ridiculed. In fact, sexuality doesn't have an expiry date. On today's show, Naked at Our Age, we're going to be talking about senior sexuality in all its colors, the changes, the challenges, the disappointments, and the surprises. And the excitement and everything that goes along with great sex, even as you age. And we're so excited to introduce our guest, Joan Price, who's an author and speaker and a huge advocate for ageless sexuality. Joan is the leading senior expert and the voice behind the award-winning blog about sex and aging called Naked at Our Age. Joan, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here and welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. I am delighted to be talking to you about the sexy lifestyle. (laughs) Of course. And we know that you have some wonderful books that you have published, you've written and published. One is called uh, Naked at Our Age, all about talking out loud about senior sex. Another one, Better Than I Ever Expected, which is straight talk about sex after 60, and the ultimate guide to sex after 50, how to maintain or regain a spicy, satisfying sex life. And we can't wait to dig into all those topics that you explore in your book. So why don't we get started by you telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came into this um, whole industry of senior sexuality. Sure. I'm 74 years old now, and I've been writing and speaking out loud about senior sex for 13 years. I started because of a relationship I was in. I was originally, I was a high school English teacher for 22 years, and then I left teaching to write, and I was in the health and fitness world, and I wrote books and articles about health and fitness for a number of years. At age 57, I fell in love with a man who was 64, and it changed my life in every way. It changed my life personally, obviously, the great love of my life had come along at that age, but it also changed everything professionally, because I realized no one was talking or writing about senior sex in the way we were experiencing it. In, it was exhilarating, it was vibrant, it was hot, it was sexy. It was not like younger age sex, but it was in many ways better and in all ways surprising and marvelous. So I took it on it's- and at age 61 started writing about senior sex and 
I've been doing it ever since, and I love my work. Wow. Well, we, we know all about that. You know, Carol and I just turned 55. Actually, it's Carol's birthday coming up in a couple of days. She'll be 55. Ooh. And um, our sex life gets better and better every year. And when uh, we turn, when I turned 50, um, Carol arranged for me to have five women. And, you know, <laughs> we, we're in the swinging lifestyle. We've been swingers for 12 years. And every year, our sex life gets hotter and sexier, and our couple gets stronger and stronger. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to having this great sex when we get to be 74, 75, 85, and, and so beyond. on. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yes, 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 absolutely. I'm so glad, not only that you're experiencing it, but that you're open to the marvels that aging brings you. That so many of us are afraid of that. But we were taught by our culture that everything goes downhill when we get older, and the, more, the older we are, the more downhill it is. And in fact, that's just not true or doesn't have to be true it can be true but it doesn't have to be true certainly not now that the kids are out of the house we have so much great fun being naked See? when we feel like it having sex when we feel like it we don't have to worry about kids barging in it's actually got lots of benefits yeah <laughs> no but there's a lot of changes that happen to our body as we age that absolutely affect our sex life and we know we have to get over them, but what kind of things do you, that you could tell us about that actually change how we um, interact sexually? Well, one of the things that I teach in my workshops is to recognize the difference between a normal sign of aging and uh, a medical concern that needs, needs intervention. Because so often we accept any, any changes in our body as normal signs of aging when actually they may not be. But the ones that are normal sign of aging are, for example, our arousal. Well, first of all, because of the lack of hormones, we're not driven by our hormones anymore. And the, the hormones are not necessarily propelling our sex drive anymore or our sexual function. Our, the blood flow to the genitals is slower, and we have, um, therefore, longer time to be aroused to reach orgasm. Sometimes um, erections are less, de- usually erections are less dependable and um, less hard for, and maybe we can't maintain an erection for long enough for penetration or for orgasm or I mean everything everybody is different of course but this is all normal and for for people with vulvas the clitoris also takes longer to get aroused the vaginal tissues may thin we definitely need not lots of of lubricant and I always recommend that for people who've been uh, who have always thought of a penis and vagina PIV intercourse as the goal to take the goals off the table and instead to concentrate on sensation, on pleasure, on lots of different ways that you can get aroused and reach orgasm. Wow, that's absolutely... I'm sort of hitting on a, a lot of important things just Boom, boom, boom. Right, but right, I can right. come back to anything Absolutely. you want to ask more about. Perfect. But one of the things I do want to stress is that these are slow changes, not something that happens overnight and you wake up and you're a different person. This is a slow change as we age slowly. And I know uh, we just said we're 55. I've already started experiencing some of those side effects of less hormones driving my sex life, and I would just have to work around them. However, these things continually uh, change as we age, and you know, you just combat one of them, and then the next thing could come up. At Etc. Etc. But there's lots of ways of dealing with these changes.
changes. So uh, I know that you have some great advice that you could help us get that blood flow and counteract some of those things. I do want to say, though, that you're absolutely right that the normal signs of aging happen slowly. If something happens abruptly, however, you know, suddenly there are no erections, suddenly it's impossible uh, for the critters to get aroused, impossible to reach orgasm. If it's a sudden change, it is. it needs medical attention because mm-hmm. these sudden changes can be what we think of as the canary in the coal mine, a warning that something is wrong. That, for example, heart disease or diabetes or neurological disorder can all affect our sexual function, or it could be interaction of medications or the medications themselves. So if it is a sudden change, let's talk to a doctor about that and find out what's going on. That's a very good point. If it's a gradual change, though, that is very likely normal sign of aging. I hope that's a helpful distinction. And, you know, Joan, it's so obvious as you age that your body processes food a little bit differently and sleep a little bit differently. And we've had many guests on our show saying that lack of sleep um, also hinders um, great sex. Um, But I know I I can't eat the same foods I used to eat, whether it be fat. I used to love McDonald's. I used to love bacon, but I can't eat it anymore. And the better foods that I eat, the hornier I am and the better sex that we have because I feel better. Um, Talk a little bit about diet and food and how it affects people as they age. Well, absolutely, and I love that you discovered that because this is so important that the better our nutrition and the less junk food and the less um, saturated fat that we have, the healthier we're going to be and the better we're going to experience sex. So if there was ever a good reason to go, not on a diet, but to change our diet so that it is health-supporting and therefore sex-supporting, This would be a time to do it. And I want to say one other thing about food. Whatever you're eating, forget the idea of having a romantic dinner and then having sex. (laughs) Have sex before you eat. Oh, smart. That's one of my big tips because we don't have enough blood flow to go to both the digestive system and the genitals at the same time. So Prioritize. I, I love Start the I, rice I, cooker and then have sex. I love this concept because we normally eat three times a day. So if we have sex before we eat, we're going to have sex three times a day, right? <laughs> Wonderful. There you go. <laughs> Morning, noon, and night. <laughs> and, and you know, you, you talk about um, as you age um, when you're having sexual activities and um, all those good, fun things about taking. your time and slowing it down we talk all the time not even as people age but just in general if you want to have great sex slow it down and if you think you're going slow go even slower but how does slowing it down as you age make that sexual experience even better um wow (laughs) yes a lot of a lot of stuff in that question for one thing it lets okay Our biggest sex organ is our skin. Hmm. Our most important sex organ is our brain. But the biggest sex organ is the skin. And we have a wonderland of skin available for touch. The longer we take for arousal, and I don't want to see this foreplay because that presupposes there's some goal we're going for. No, the arousal itself 
in all its sensations, in all its wonders and pleasures. That should be the only goal. Just let me see how much pleasure I can get and give. And this will physiologically build up arousal in a way that going straight for, well, this is the thing that usually brings you to orgasm, so I'll go straight to that. No, I'm not ready for that. We need to warm up a lot. So the more time we take, the more sensuality is involved, the more intimacy is involved, and it just, it, it, when we're ready to explode, there are so many explosions going on. No, that sounds... Does that sort of answer that question? Yes, absolutely. But that's for men and for women. So let's not forget that oh, it's absolutely. not right that we got to take our turn, do him first and, or, or you first and, and take turns or, or simultaneously. But we have to make sure it's for men and women. Are you that we're taking notes, about. honey? I'm Slow taking. it down. Do me slower. You can't just get on my cock and ride me in, really? you know, in 30 seconds. Once I need to be aroused. I need you to stimulate <laughs> yes. me. I need the passion and sensuality. I, have, I do have some female, some feminine hormones in me so just slow it down a little bit and our sex life will get even better oh thank you david thank you for that tip. you see that's something i know you too you're so evolved you know all this but i want to point out to the listeners that often if we're in a relationship with someone with a penis we think well this penis is ever ready it always has been no 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 this this is not true now in fact this is wonderfully not true now because the penis owner needs a lot more arousal, a lot more sensation, a lot more touching. And that is marvelous because we don't, we don't have to just skip to the riding the cock, as you say. We can take plenty of time to celebrate the sensations that our bodies can give us. No, absolutely. And we know that that part of the pleasure, the intimacy, the closeness that we get, the emotional attachment, mm-hmm. all of the benefits that come together with all that intimacy that you're talking about. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. And if we're not partnered, and many of us are not, and the longer we live, the more likely we will not be partnered for some part or, or the rest of it. We can do all this for ourselves, too. I don't want your listeners to think, well, I'll put this advice into a into motion when I have a partner. No, do it now. Right. Have sex with yourself. Mm-hmm. The person who knows you best. Right, absolutely. That's a great point. May is Masturbation Month. Yeah, and we'll be talking about mm-hmm. that a little bit later as well. Now, I know I, I heard some of your, your talks that you give, and we talk you talk a lot about desire and what happens yes. as we age when desire is reduced. Um, what do we do to stimulate desire when we don't feel desirous? A, a really good thing to understand, and it's a, a concept that Emily Nagoski explains very well in her book, Come As You Are. Mm-hmm. She's really the go-to person on that. It's the difference between spontaneous desire and responsive desire. And I don't want people to tune out because it sounds scientific. I'm not going to go scientific, but this is a really important distinction, that when we have that hormonal rush of youth, we experience spontaneous desire. We look at someone hot and we're pretty much ready. But the older we get, the less likely that is to work, if it ever did. And for many women, it never did anyway. So what works now is responsive desire, which means that once I get physiologically aroused, my desire will grow. That I may, I may be thinking, well, I don't know, I'm not really in the mood for sex, but I like it once I get started. 
So let's just get started. And oh, now I'm in the mood. Right. Now I am. Right. So if we think there's nothing defective about us, that we experience responsive desire instead of spontaneous desire, then we don't have to wait for the mood to strike. We can just go for it and the mood kicks in. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's try to clarify for the audience the difference between desire and sex drive. Okay, desire can be based on many things. Sex drive is hormonal. It's just the physiology saying reproduce. I mean, that was the whole idea of a sex drive. Even though we were trying not to get pregnant, (laughs) our sex drive wanted us, right? But now that we are not driven that way, we don't have that. Well, some do. I'm not going to generalize about everyone. But the sex drive itself as a drive is reduced. However, the desire doesn't have to be reduced. The desire is what's happening in our brain when we want to have sex. It's not necessarily coming from that hormonal sex drive. So if I was to sum all this up, I could say something like, even though we don't feel like having sex, even though our sex drive is not telling us to have sex, the desire is there. We just kind of have to bring it forward by starting, getting going, feeling the emotions. And so that's kind of it. The good thing is the desire doesn't go away. That's right. Super. It can seem to if we're waiting for it to feel like it used to. But if, with all of these changes, if instead of seeing it as a lack, as a, a loss, if we go, okay, so once that is no longer driving me, what is there instead? What, are, what can I tap into? Exactly. And, and you two are a wonderful example, of course, of what <laughs> right. one can tap into. You haven't slowed down at all, and I doubt you will. I'm thinking we're speeding it up, actually, which is also kind yeah. of fun. But it's great that David and I both have a very similar sex drive, you know, not always mm-hmm. in every single day. However, there are a lot of people who live their lives with different sex drives where one might want it every day and another couple, another, another partner in the couple might want it once a month. How do you approach um, and advise senior couples to, you know, resolve this kind of issue? Well, this, I'm, uh, I, I only made that noise because <laughs> this, is, this is such a tough question that likely if there's that much difference in, in, in desire now that it probably existed earlier too, and maybe if a couple didn't make some compensation for that, that it's it's driving a real wedge between men. There there are a few ways to go. For first, both people have to be intent upon fixing it. What I hear mostly, and what I get in my email, is that kind of um, of disparity. And yet, one of the the one who wants sex less is not willing to work on it. So that's that can be a huge issue and one person alone maybe can't fix it but options to go is that just because you're not in the mood to uh, you're not in the mood yourself you're not desirous of sex yourself at the moment if you love your partner you can still pleasure your partner it doesn't have to be both people at the same time doing 
you know, going for the same the same experience. I'm not against it. I'm just not into it. Wishing for it right now. Yeah, I'm not totally into it, but I am into you. So let me please you, or let me hold you while you please yourself with your favorite sex toy. Another option, or an additional that doesn't have to be separate, it could be both of these things, is to open up the relationship so that the person who wants sex more often can get it more often, while the person who wants it less often doesn't have to have it as often as the partner. And some older couples even who have never done this before consider doing this now, thinking, well... Why not try Why this? not, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. all about enjoying uh, every moment of our lives if we can, and if that's going to help, and if there's a lot of discussion and it opens it up and it does add extra pleasure. And then, you do it together. Then why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's for everyone because right. there are people who say, no, 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 that goes against everything I've ever taught, mm-hmm. and I'm not willing mm-hmm. to unlearn that. Mm-hmm, certainly. I would, though, suggest that whatever the solution that you're considering to... Talk to a good sex therapist so that you can get the strategies for communication, for where to go from here, be able to talk honestly uh, in a non-accusatory way about the problems that you're trying to solve. And that is something that people often think, no, that's, um, I don't want to do that. But that can be such a, such a help because a sex therapist, their day job is helping people right. solve problems yes. like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Joan, just hang on a sec. We're going to take a quick break. Let's remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're chatting with Joan Price, award-winning author and speaker from the blog Naked at Our Age, all about how aging affects our sex life. After this short commercial break, we're going to continue our discussion with some juicy tips about sex toys and masturbation. So stay tuned as we hear from our sponsor, The Throws of Passion waterproof sex blanket maximize your orgasms and just let go the throes of passion waterproof pleasure blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets from massage oils to lubes and beyond we've got your bed covered so just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own throes of passion then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throws of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and we're talking with Joan Price, author and speaker from the blog Naked at Our Age. As we all know by now, May is Masturbation Month, so it's definitely appropriate 
for us to spend some time talking about seniors and solo play. And, you know, if anyone has ever seen the TV show on Netflix called Grace and Frankie. Our favorite show. <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. Then they can appreciate that seniors do masturbate. It is a thing. It does happen. And on that TV show where Grace and Frankie designed a sex toy specifically for the senior population. And we know, jo- uh, Joan, you definitely do some sex toy reviews. Um, so I do. I wonder if you can share what those special features are that senior people are looking for in a sex toy. Sure, yes. I've reviewed something, maybe 120 vibrators from a senior perspective. I know, tough job, but somebody's got to do it, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And you don't have to wait for Grace and Frankie to develop to put their toy on the market. There are already wonderful sex toys that are great for seniors. They don't necessarily get marketed to seniors, but that's the reason that I do my reviews. I do them for my a senior perspective. And if you want, I can tell you the features that Absolutely. I look for when I do I, that. I can't all wait. Right? Well, first of all, they have to be strong enough for slow-burning arousal. Okay. They need to go on long enough without losing their charge or overheating or catching on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for that. (laughs) You know, it could take us a while. (laughs) Um, They need to be easy to hold with arthritic wrists. Okay. It would be great if the the, uh, controls were easy to see without our reading glasses and easy to use with lubricated fingers. Right. And we definitely want them out of body safe material because some sex toys are not, as I'm sure you know, but I don't know if your listeners know. There are some materials that are illegal in baby toys, illegal in dog toys, but not illegal in sex toys that are going to be going near or on or in our fragile tissues. Beautiful. And and that way you're going to be safe. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Now, let's talk about one of our favorite subjects, which is lube and how important it is, not just as you age, but at all times to use good lube, get everything wet and juicy and slimy. We buy this big jug from Costco of (laughs) coconut oil. How important is lube to continue that great sexuality and good sexual pleasure as you age? It's essential because our tissues are thinner, particularly vaginal tissues or genital tissues, and we we would be very uncomfortable with any kind of friction were it not for lubricant. We don't lubricate naturally anymore. We don't lubricate biologically anymore. So that's just a great opportunity to explore the lubes that are out there. And one of the things, I, one of the things that yeah. we do with the coconut oil is even before we get into fucking the sucking the anything uh, sexual, we love just massaging and touching and the skin on skin. You were talking about skin being the biggest sex organ um, organ of the body, and I know it gets Carol's pussy totally wet and juicy and we almost don't even need lube to fuck or to play with toys because she is aroused and she feels the sensuality and the sexuality that we have between us. Let me um, warn you about one thing though. Just because she's aroused doesn't mean she's necessarily going to lubricate as she ages. Right now she is and that's great but that is 
likely going to decrease. So don't think if she's not lubricating, oh, I'm not exciting her. Okay, so just be careful because I know you know better than that, but some of the listeners might go, oh, gee, well, my partner doesn't isn't lubricating, so she must not want me anymore. Right. That's right. something that we fall into. Another thing is coconut oil may work exactly right for you, but it, it's not the best for many people. For one thing, if you're using condoms, and I hope for people with multiple uh, partners they are or or with new partners they are, that oil will degrade the condoms and cause them to break. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So and do you, you have want f- to use Sorry. a good silicone lubricant like Uber Lube. I love Uber Lube. Is great, except when you're using a silicone sex toy, in which case you need a water-based <laughs> lubricant. And, Everyone's taking um, their notes down. I know. Well, all of this I've written about, it's all in the Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50, which is my newest book. All of every, pretty much everything we've discussed is in there somewhere. And I also have a newsletter that people can subscribe to for, for new tips and facts. So now we've talked a lot about sex toys, and we've talked about it, a lot about lube. Um, now let's talk about using the sex toys, but with a, in a coupled situation where one cup, sure. one partner can work with the other one. It's not just masturbation. Yes, um, I think I always say <laughs> one of the things I always say is a well chosen, well placed vibrator may be the difference between orgasm or no orgasm sometimes that simple whether you're partnered or solo bring your favorite sex toy into the action it can make a huge difference a huge difference and even let's say if you're in a a heterosexual relationship and you you like intercourse and that's you enjoy it but somehow it's not getting you to orgasm anymore if it ever did because only only about 25% of women have um, do regularly reach orgasm through intercourse alone or through any kind of penetration alone so if you are having a good time with your partner that way but you're not reaching orgasm that way then add a sex toy to that get one of the ones I recommend that has either a long handle or for some for uh, because of its design in other ways it doesn't get in the way between two bodies and then bring that in at the moment that you need it and sail away i mean it's just perfect it's essential i think to experiment with that and to make that and to normalize vibrator play along with partner play. Now, when you do your reviews, do you often say that this toy would be good with a, as a couple yes. toy? And this toy yes, would, I do. is more better for, for solo play. So we can look well, at your reviews. Well, the ones that, that work well between bodies, I'll, I'll make a point of saying okay. that because of the design or because of where the, you hold the handle, this will fit very nicely between bodies. Now, I'll tell you, when I'm using toys, which we do 
often. I have a hard time turning them on and off, and I don't need reading glasses, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping that some people will make it easier some way to, or your, your toys that you've chosen uh, are the ones that are easiest to turn on and off. Yeah, they are. Yeah, good. They are. I mean, that's one of my, that's one of my criteria, is how easy it is to use. And, and this gets more important when you, when you have arthritic wrists, where you don't want to keep pressing things really hard. And so I do really like the companies that make a point of making the controls big and easy to press and easy to know when you're turning it up and when you're turning it off because you do not want to confuse the two. <laughs> now, do you have a, a special favorite toy that you like to play with? I have several favorite toys that I like to play with. The king, of course, is the magic wand. <laughs> we <laughs> all know that one. So <laughs> strong. There are, I also love, although I hate the name, I love the womanizer. Mm-hmm. So do you, are you familiar yes, with the womanizer? Yes, absolutely. I love Carol's the womanizer toy. too. Okay, yes. well, I love the womanizer. Yes. Carol, Carol loves using the womanizer after we fuck, after she comes, and then she just lies there and I suck on her tits or she sucks my cock and she puts the womanizer on her clit and she has two or three more orgasms and it's like our right. after sex, yeah. Yeah. Now, let's just change topics a little bit and, you know, a whole, a whole lot of part of how we love ourselves is accepting our body and all of its flaws. Do you think seniors are more or less critical of their bodies than the younger generation? Oh, more. More so critical. Much. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, this is horrible because I hear this so much of people who even actively deny themselves sex because they're embarrassed about their bodies. And is there a way of overcoming this as we age? Yes, there's a way of overcoming it, but it's going to take some introspection. I ask people, where did you learn that your body was undesirable? And it's clear that our whole lives, we have seen in the media, we have seen in magazine advertisements, television shows, movies, that it's the young, slender bodies that are just sexually desirable, and that older bodies are ugly. So once you have wrinkles and bags and sags, that that is unsexy. And I tell people, you have unlearned so much of your upbringing already. You have already looked at other attitudes about sex that you were brought up with that you realize don't serve you anymore. Can you look at this one more thing and see whether... Our notion that only young, hard bodies are desirable, whether that serves you anymore, whether you can start to let go of that and experience that and celebrate that our bodies are still capable of such wonderful sensations, such wonderful pleasure. Can't we let go of our critical judgment? I also tell them, what age were you perfectly satisfied with your never. body? And they'll all say, <laughs> never. You're right. Right? Yep. I don't know. No one's ever said, oh, well, you know, when I was 32, I had, no. Everyone says, well, golly, I, I laugh now to see how judgmental I was at 17. Well, it's probably four years old when you, you, the last time you, even, yeah. you didn't even know you had a body when however, you were four years however, old. I would like to say that yes. I 
admire Carol's body and sometimes she's too self-critical and sometimes it's okay for a partner to take a compliment and just say thank you and not say I'd like to do this I'd like to do that because in my eyes she's yeah. the most beautiful woman in the world thank you but we're just so critical oh, of ourselves cute. and that's what we have to stop doing because exactly. we're just beating ourselves exactly. up constantly just be happy who you are yes. and you know love each other but Carol don't gloss over that statement you just you just heard you are the most beautiful woman in his world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let that get to you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, just, and just enjoy it and celebrate that. Yeah, hear that. Yeah. Um, yes, I, and I know, that, I know that feeling. I know how wonderful that is when a partner says, you are beautiful. Oh, my God, this, your body is beautiful. And whether I heard that at, at 58 or, or a few days ago, <laughs> it's it really is nurturing if we let it in. Yes, you're right. If we say, oh, no, you can't know this whole thing. No, you can't do that. Just go, thank you. And my, and my words yes. don't lie because when Carol's in the shower naked, like, I get a hard cock. <laughs> and it's not, because I think, it's not because I'm thinking sexually or anything. I'm just looking at her and saying, I am the luckiest man in the world to have such an absolutely oh. gorgeous wife. Oh. And it's not about sex. It's just about her attractiveness and how beautiful I find, I find her and cocks don't lie if it's hard a guy doesn't know how to make it hard it's not like a crank there where you crank it up and it gets hard it's just you know it has a mind ahead of its own yes that's true oh that's wonderful I love what you're saying alright Joan just hang on a sec we're going to take a short break here remind everybody this is the sexy lifestyle we are Carol and David and today we're talking with Joan Price author and speaker from the blog Naked at Our Age and when we come back we're going to be looking into busting some myths about sex over 50 so now a quick word from one of our newest sponsors Adam and Eve have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it well that's exactly how we feel about you That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code GREATSEX at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code GREATSEX. That's G-R-E-A-T-S-E-X at adamandeve.com. are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and today we're having an amazing discussion with Joan Price, author and speaker from the blog Naked at Our Age. And now it's time for some sexy myth busting all about sex over 50. All right, Joan, are you ready? 
I'm so ready. Okay, so each show we invite our sexpert guest to bust a few sexy fun myths to help us filter through some of that misinformation that we find out there on the internet, especially when it comes to the topic of sex and sexuality. So I've got the first one here. You're going to tell us if it's true or false and why. So number okay. one, sex after 50 is likely to give you a heart attack. Oh, all righty that's a myth that if you have a heart condition you need to be cleared by your doctor but once you have been cleared by your doctor to resume sexual activity sex is no more dangerous than climbing a flight of stairs and so we don't avoid it so good for you it's so good for you All right, here's here's one that a lot of people need to know because a lot of people have gone through life in a boring, stale, sexless marriage. And this myth is, if you haven't had great sex before 50, then just give up because it's never going to happen. Sex has no expiration date. Sexual pleasure and delight have no sexual, no expiration date. You can go on a journey of exploration to find what turns you on what gets you off at any age we're sexual beings lifelong so it's never too late to start again oh no and many people do open up in ways that they thought they would never would some some people because of maybe a divorce or a change in in uh, medical conditions with their partner they decide they're going to explore things that they thought were not right for them and they say, well, let's, let's try this. Let's try that. And many of the people, and I'm sure you know this in the swinging community, weren't lifelong swingers. No, many so, And so many of them later. started up, start swinging later on in life. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's and never it can go r- the other way, too. It can go that people who have always been sexually expressive in a variety of ways decide, well, I've been there, done that. Now let me try... Um, monogamy, the intimacy that comes with monogamy, mm-hmm. or it can be the opposite. Because okay, we had this. Let me ju- let me spread my wings and experience all the things I never had before. And one thing we just want to bring up about monogamy, and it's because it's important. You brought it up, and you brought up about bringing another partner in for those people who want to open their relationship. You know, Carol mm-hmm. and I are swingers, have been swingers. But as a couple, we are emotionally monogamous. So for those couples out there who want to push those boundaries and maybe bring something else in or open up their relationship, they don't have to break that monogamous bond they have as a couple, but they can be sexually non-monogamous, almost like bringing a sex toy into the relationship, except this one is just a human being. (laughs) A live sex toy. Uh And that's often hard for people to understand, and I'm glad you stated it so clearly. Maybe you can tell people who are going, really? Where they can get more information about that. Certainly they could come Send to Send us our- an email at ask at carolindavid.com. Beautiful. There we go. So we do have another one coming up. This is a myth, it's a, or you can tell us if it's a myth. So adventurous sex is only for the young. Huh. Why? <laughs> I'm sorry, bust the mess. Okay. okay. No, it's not for the... It's for... In a way, we all have to be adventurous in, in many ways because our aging bodies is going to tell us we'll try try something new now. 
So, yes, we not only can be, but we need to be adventurous in whatever way fits within our belief system, whether it's just using vibrators when you never thought we would or um, or opening up the relationship or role-playing um, a special fantasy or enacting that f- special fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. The world is open with many forms of stimulation. And at any and at any age, like you said, at any age, beautiful, absolutely. All right, Joan, that was amazing. Thank you so much for your amazing sexy myth busting expertise. <laughs> My uh, pleasure. We're gonna ask you to hang on for a sec. We're gonna remind everybody that this is the sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're talking with author and speaker Joan Price from Naked at Our Age. And coming up next is our favorite segment of the show, which is Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. This portion of The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David is sponsored by Naughty in Norlands, July 25 to 30, 2018. Naughty in Norlands is the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world. With over a thousand couples, this event is not only a full takeover of one of French Quarter's biggest hotels, it takes over Bourbon Street too. It sure does. So join us for a five-day, four-night hotel takeover alternative lifestyle convention. It is a gathering of open-minded couples who are all interested in exploring their sexuality while checking out one of the sexiest cities in America, New Orleans. So join us as we are the reigning queen and king of New Orleans and we'll be leading the parade down Bourbon Street. Check out our website for all the details, thesexylifestyle.com travel and events page. listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David talking today with author and speaker Joan Price from Naked at Our Age. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Great sex matters and we all deserve it. You know, I saw a post on Facebook that said, better loving leads to better living. And it really stuck with me. And I like that because no matter how old you are or what kind of relationship you're in, intimacy is critical for your well-being. And the more time we can spend focusing on the intimate part of our relationship, the better and happier our lives and our sex lives can be. Absolutely. So, Joan, in your book, The Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50, you know, you talked a lot about the different reasons why people should be having sex. So, in your opinion, what would be the top five benefits that couples, even aging couples, should be having sex? Pleasure. Mm-hmm. Intimacy with a partner, if you have one, or intimacy with yourself. Mm-hmm. It is a great antidepressant. So it's a mood elevator. It's a good sedative. You will sleep better. Even if you have sex in the morning, you'll sleep better at night. And five, it will put a spring in your step and a glisten in your eye. Absolutely. I'm smiling with that because we can always tell when someone's just had sex. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
maybe if they've just had sex with you, I don't know. If well, I don't know. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know what that looks like. We know what that feels like, so we can always yes, extend that to right. what that looks like. And, you know, when it comes to arousal, you know, women are responsive and need stimulation, while in general, men are spontaneous. But arousal no, changes. Yeah, exactly. Arousal changes as we age. So can you just reiterate a little bit more about what we talked about earlier and how we get that arousal for men and women as we age? Arousal can require much more stimulation than it did in the past. And that's a wonderful thing because who doesn't like getting lots more stimulation? Right. So plenty of touching, plenty of kissing, plenty of both erogenous zones and, and what we think of as not erogenous zones. We may be surprised, however, to find out they are. Lots of attention to our own or a partner's body. And slow down. Don't think that it needs to fit into, into a quick time span. Maybe at our age, a quickie is an hour. Now, we talked about sex toys helping with the arousal, but what about uh, v- visual stimulation like porn? Sure. Uh, people who are into porn, use porn. Use anything that turns you on. Speak up for what turns you on. Be, be invested in your sexual life with whatever makes you happy, whatever turns you on, whatever gets you off, enjoy it, celebrate it. Now, I know that a lot of people fear growing old, and of course, it reminds us of our own mortality. But when you continue to have sex, even solo sex, it somehow makes us feel younger. So do you think that Viagra and Cialis have changed our outlook on growing old? That's a real big issue. I would say the short answer is that, yes, this makes erections possible for many men who can't have them otherwise, but it also has led to a a dependence, an emotional dependence for the penis owner on making sure he has a hard erection, when actually his partner may be saying, I don't even care about an erection. Let's concentrate on what you can do for me mm-hmm. instead of just, look, honey, let's not waste it. Right. So I think, yes, it's wonderful those, those medications are possible, but I also would like you not to feel you have to rely on that as if um, a heart erection was necessary for great sex. It isn't. So I, I hear a nice attitude shift is what you're encouraging people to have and looking am. at sex in a very different way and not with the goal of, maybe not even the goal of penetrative sex, just enjoying the pleasures. That's right. Yeah, I hear that. That sounds wonderful. I, I do a webinar called, it's a workshop also when I'm at your, your city live, but I have a webinar recording of it too uh, called Great Sex Without Penetration. Mm-hmm. There are so many wonderful ways to have great sex without penetration and so many reasons to do it, whether it's something that's a necessity or not a necessity. It can open up your whole appreciation of what sex can be. And I guess it changes the definition of what we traditionally think of sex, which we usually think of penetration. So we need to kind of change the definition of how we treat that word sex. Absolutely. We need to expand our definition of what sex is to include any form of sexual expression that gives us sexual pleasure mm-hmm. and arousal. Mm-hmm. All p- mm-hmm. Pleasure-based definition, basically. Yeah. Now, I think it's time now for our final advice from Joan. I'm going to ask you this question. How would you 
um, advise couples who've been together for a long time, whether it's 10, 20, 30, or more years. 56 years <laughs> for my parents. Okay, yes, exactly. Oh. But they often have that same old, same old sex that's no longer worth the effort, if you want to call it. It's not exciting. What are the top three things, two or three things, that a senior couple can do to spice up their sex life, add passion back into their relationship without making it too much effort? Instead of three, may I give you one big Certainly. one? Certainly, yes. Reinvent your relationship. Mm. And what I mean by that is explore new things together. Have honest communication. Learn to talk about this. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love our, our sexuality together. But here are some things I'd really like to try or like to talk about or like to fantasize about. And could we, could we go on a journey of exploration and see how some of this might work for us? And, let, and talk to me about yours. We don't communicate very openly about sex, even with our most intimate partners. Um, unless, of course, you're Carol and David. <laughs> <laughs> you do that yes. so well, so easily. <laughs> but most couples don't, especially as they get older. And it's assumed they'll either keep doing what they've been doing, or they'll stop doing what they've been doing. But not that they're going to try some brand new thing. And do you think that and, they... And, there's an easy way to bring that conversation forward? I think I have some, in the Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50, I have some sample conversations you can have. Oh, good. But what I'd like is for people to make it their own. Mm-hmm. Say, how would you bring up wanting to explore some different things in your relationship? Then to practice in front of a mirror alone a few times, how you would say it, how you would bring it up what you would ask of your partner. And then when you're deciding you're going to have this conversation, first schedule it with your partner. Say, I have this great idea. I would love to talk to you about some things we could explore in our sex life. Could we talk about this day after tomorrow, about 2 o'clock? And to do it that way, you're letting your partner think about it, not feeling blindsided by something that might be perceived as critical. Mm -hmm. Instead, you know, I'm thinking about this. I'm going to suggest some things to you. Would you think about it so you can suggest some things to me and then we'll, we'll come together. And you definitely want, when you have that conversation, it's not while you're having sex. It's not while you're naked. Because it needs to be its own entity. Right. Just the conversation. Focus on the words and what people want and Mm -hmm. listen well. Be a good listener. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's a great idea. Very, very, very good advice to get away from that same old, same old by adding passion. Anything new in our relationship does add the passion. So that's a way of spicing it up without it being um, demanding. If you want to, you know, people sometimes are afraid of change, so they don't want to do anything too out of the ordinary. But talking about it, listening to your partner's needs could definitely be a very, very good solution. And when you set up that conversation, also set up the kind of responses you're going to agree to have or not have. In other words, if, if I say, I want to try this thing, and you your first reaction is, oh, that's disgusting, I don't accept that you'll say that's disgusting. I would rather have you say, tell me more about what, why that appeals to you. Right. Yes. 
Yes, that's a good listener as reiterating and just listening and understanding before putting mm-hmm. your judgment uh, forward. And then if, the, if you hear something from your partner and you absolutely don't want to do, maybe counter-propose something mm-hmm. like, I don't really want to have sex outdoors. But could we role play that we're having sex outdoors? <laughs> Get the picnic blanket. <laughs> yes, that could work could, too. <laughs> could we just blindfold ourselves, uh-huh. be in our comfortable bed uh-huh. with my comfortable support cushion, and and then talk dirty about how we're outside in the grass and everybody can see us? Yeah, that, there you go. That's those are all great ideas. Absolutely, Joan. That was an absolutely amazing show. We could probably go on for another two hours. We are going to reserve the right to invite you back on our show in the please future. Please do. Um, yes, had please s- do. So much great information and advice. Why don't you take a second now to tell everybody how they can reach out to you, your website, social media? Sure. So the easiest way to find me is joanprice.com. That's my website. Nakedatourage.com is my blog. And all of those will have links to my Facebook page and signing up for my newsletter, my books. Uh, So that would be the easiest is just to go to joanprice.com or nakedatourage.com and follow any other links you'd like. Fantastic. Just want you to know that by the time we get to be your age, we hope we are as expert as you are in in living sexy. So thank you so much for being with us. I think you're already practicing really well. <laughs> okay. We have a good role model to follow. So thank you for that. Aw, thanks. So we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests. And we hope you do too. And remember, great sex matters. And we all deserve it. And we encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. To find out more, you can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, radio show guest page, to see all our amazing sexpert guests. Click on their link and contact them if you need more advice. Well, that's it for our show today. Joan, thank you so much for being here. It was my pleasure. And especially to all our listeners out there for listening once again. Remember to sign up on sdc.com if you are looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and to find out where the events are happening near you. So use the promo code 30314 for the first month free. Check it out. And we got some great events and trips coming up, right, hon? We're gonna yep. be we're gonna be sailing on the Crystal Symphony cruise ship up to Alaska with luxury lifestyle vacations for the Alaska Splendor Lifestyle Cruise. That's June seventeenth to twenty fourth. It's coming up so soon. Four weeks away. Absolutely. And in July we're gonna be with SDC in Cap Dag, the naked city in France, from July second to tenth. And if you have never been there, you should join us for an amazing sexy lifestyle experience and as the reigning queen and king we're going to be getting naughty and naughty in orleans that's july 25 to 29 and finally we'll be joining the sdc cuban cruise december 4 till 11 that's in 2018 and for more information on these trips or anything else you can visit our website thesexylifestyle.com or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com So, join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, where we'll be talking with Dominique Carestos from Get Mine Healthy Pleasures, all about being a passionate disruptor in the female sexual health industry. We are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. 
Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 